Welcome to the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast, where we remember a time when stacks of cards were held together with rubber bands and Mickey Mantles were put in bike spokes. We hope you will enjoy and reminisce as you come along with us as we tell stories about the baseball cards from the golden age of baseball. We will examine the state of the vintage baseball card market and talk to some of the greatest collectors in the hobby. You won't be hearing us talk about any chrome or shiny cards here. Now, to take you on this retrospective journey, here's your host, direct from the shallow end of the gene pool, my son, Mike Moynihan. Yo and hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast. Thanks for joining me this week and every week. So many of you out there that are loyal listeners, loyal watchers and means a lot to me. I really appreciate it. You guys know it's almost every week that at some point I talk about the Baseball Hall of Fame and Hall of Famers. It's such a big part of the hobby for me and collecting. I just love it so much. And I've done so many kinds of episodes about the Hall of Fame. This is going to be one I haven't done before. A number of weeks ago, I did a 1952 Tops kind of deep dive into the story of Tops uh, getting started in 52 Tops and what a great set it is. And I mentioned the Eddie Matthews rookie card during that conversation. And it's I mentioned that it's the most expensive rookie card in, in Topps history. And I thought to myself, what are the other, ex- you know, if we were to rank all of the rookie cards, all of the Hall of Fame rookie cards that Topps put out during the vintage era, which is basically 1951 through 1980, my version of the vintage era, everybody has their own uh, ideas on that, but that's what how I define the vintage era. What would those be? What would those top rookie cards be. And so what I did was I I looked at all of them, quite frankly, because I wanted the entire list. And it's funny when you rank these cards by their value, I'll explain kind of my methodology and all of that here in a second, but ranking players based on their career greatness is not the same as ranking them on their hobby greatness or or their cost, so to speak, the, the value of their cards Baseball great does not necessarily equal hobby great. Those are two very different things. My friend Eric taught me that long ago. And and I totally agree with that. And you're going to see some players on here that are head scratchers. And some you might say, well, that should be higher or lower based on the player's career. And that just simply doesn't translate all the time necessarily. There's a lot of reasons for that. And we'll try to go through some of those. Uh, One thing you'll notice is... No mantle, no maze. <laughs> and it's because their first tops cards are 1952, of course, but their rookie cards are 1951 Bowman. So these are only rookie cards that were issued by tops. So if they had a tops card, that's fine. But if it's not their rookie card, I didn't include it in this list. Some of the things I looked at, just so you guys know, uh, I looked at the collector grade for each card. I thought, man, if, if you could just build a reasonable collection of these, what would it cost you kind of thing? What what are those costs? Because 
not all these cards have PSA tens or nines and high grade is just, it's, it's such a weird thing in terms of how the, the sales can go. You can have so many high sales on super high grade cards that nobody can really afford except, you know, the privileged few. And I wanted to look at it from a more, uh, you know, aspirational goal of if you wanted to have all of these cards, could you do it? Would it be reasonable? And I think some of it will surprise you. So I looked again at collector grade. So a card in the 50s, I looked at fives, 60s, I looked at sixes, seven, 70s cards, I looked at sevens, etc. And there are actually 60 cards, rookie cards that tops put out between 1951 and 1980 of Hall of Famers. And if you did all of them today, or what I looked at, I should say, is April prices. And so I used VCP and I looked at April prices mainly from eBay sales because that's kind of the most common place. There are certainly sales outside of eBay on PWCC or other auction houses, etc. But I just looked at uh, eBay and I found, for the most part, there weren't a ton of sales, so it wasn't that bad. Uh, but some of the cards had multiple sales in a month. And if that was true, I used the highest sale because I thought, what's really the value? It's probably, uh, I, I just used the highest sale. I just thought that made the most sense. Like, what's the most you would have to pay for this? Certainly some of them were lower. There was a range on a lot of them, especially in the 70s stuff. Huge range in price. Uh, and that's because some of the collector grade cards look different than the others. And, but I just use the highest one just to keep it simple. Um, but if you had bought all of these, all 60 of them in a collector grade, it would cost you in April, 2022, when I looked at this 54,240 bucks is what it would cost. If you paid, you know, kind of the high point in April here. What would you have spent? A little over $54,000. That's not chump change. And again, no mantle, no maze in that either. And you still would spend that much money. I found it interesting that there weren't any, there aren't any Hall of Fame rookie cards in 1953 or 1970. And the year with the most different rookie cards, Hall of Fame rookie cards is 1957 when you have five of them. So let's go through this list. There's Again, I did the top 20. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm actually going to put in the description below the full list, all 60 cards, and you can go see where your favorite ranks uh, among the Hall of Fame rookie cards as of April 1962. I will say here, without you having to go look at the list, or if you're listening on podcast, let me tell you the bottom five. I think that would be interesting first. I'll do that, the bottom five, and then I'll do the, the 20 most expensive. The five least expensive are number five would be the 1973 Rich Gossage. And again, I'm not going to say tops every time and I'm not going to say PSA seven in, in that case because it's 73. So just know I'm talking about a seven. Again, if I say a card in the 60s, I'm talking about a six, etc. Rich Gossage, 1973, 86 bucks, under 100 bucks. There's actually how many of these? eight you could get under 100 which still seems crazy to me that we're talking about vintage cards hall of famers rookie cards 
You can get a collector grade for under 100 bucks. Okay. So Gossage, 86 bucks. Andre Dawson, $85. 1977. 1978, you got the Paul Molitor Allen Trammell dual Hall of Fame rookie card, $79. So about 80 bucks there. The 77 Bruce Suter, $55. And the cheapest Hall of Fame rookie card, 1978 Jack Morris. 23 bucks and there were some cheaper than that <laughs> so if, if you want to start at the bottom of the bottom get the cheapest hall of fame rookie card in a psa slab that's the way to do it jack morris go get go, go get one of his uh and you will not be disappointed uh again these are also sales remember not buy it now prices are, are in terms of like for sale so you'll certainly see cards of these players all of them that are listed higher but these are what have actually sold in the month of April. All right. Um, number 20. Let's start going backwards. Number 20 of my list of the tops Hall of Fame rookie cards. 1962 Lou Brock. What a great card. Cubs portrait card. Uh, him on the Cubs. Very condition sensitive card. Uh, lots of like not even centering issues which are an issue on all vintage cards really but that 62 brock for some reason the it always looks either faded or snow on the card it, it's it's a tough tough grade for sure but you can get one of those for 408 dollars uh was the so it's ranked at number 20 number 19 Johnny Bench, the 1968 Johnny Bench card, and Ron Tompkins too, by the way. His that's his rookie card too. $416 is what the bench rookie costs right now in April. Surprising, actually. I for for what some believe is the greatest catcher of all time. I mean, it's not that none of these in this top 20 are cheap, but wouldn't define them as cheap. But I would say that's surprisingly low. And I'll say that a few times, probably. And again, this shows that career great, baseball great, isn't equal to hobby great. Again, Johnny Bench, one of the greatest catchers ever. Number 19. Willie Stargell is next. Number 18. 1963. Uh, tops. Of course, Tops. I keep saying <laughs> Willie Stargell. The nice, you know, floating heads. 63 rookies cards where he's one of the four players listed there or pictured there. 440 bucks for the Stargell. Number 18, Reggie Jackson. Uh, $449 for a 1969 Reggie Jackson. 1973 tops, Mike Schmidt. Number um his rookie card, $449. So $450 bucks gets you a collector grade Mike Schmidt. Again, probably the best third baseman of all time. Probably even less debate on Mike Schmidt being the greatest third baseman of all time as there would be that Johnny Bench is the greatest catcher of all time. But uh, less than $500 bucks for a Mike Schmidt. And that card is so notoriously off-center. If you can get a really nice seven for under $500, under 500 bucks, I think you, you're doing yourself pretty good. The next guy is, where are we at? 20, 19, 18, 17, 16. We're up to 15 now already. I'm going to get through these quick. 
1957, Frank Robinson. Probably one of the players that I think is the most, uh, what do I want to say, underrated hobby-wise of all the greats of all time is Frank Robinson. I've said it multiple times on this show. $495. So again, that great 57 set, Frank Robinson, so many awesome rookies in it. And the most expensive one of all of, well, no, that's not true. We're about to get to another one. But Frank Robinson, $495. Next up, 1960 tops, Carl Yastrzemski. Great card. Uh, certainly one that has a sweet spot in my heart since that's that was the first vintage card I ever owned as a child is the Carl Yastrzemski rookie, $600. And that surprised me a little bit just because that's always one that I felt like was it's kind of hung around a certain price, much, much cheaper. And I don't know if it's because his grandson, Mike Yastrzemski, is in the major leagues now, bringing more attention to Carl's career. I, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense of why that card has done what it's done over the last few years beyond just general hobby boom. But for that to be where it is, is, is pretty awesome. Uh, then you've got then another, the, the highest <laughs> cost 1957 rookie card of a hall of famer is brooks robinson 690 dollars. so that's kind of another one of those head scratchers for me brooks robinson great player no doubt i mean top three third baseman of all time for sure and 690 bucks he's 200 dollars more expensive than frank robinson who again no disrespect to brooks robinson Frank Robinson won a triple crown. Uh, just such he was a had a better career, was a better player. And yet the Brooks is significantly more expensive. Two hundred dollars more. That's a lot. Next up, 1967, Rod Carew. Uh, love that card. Uh, it's beautiful, kind of semi-high number, dual rookie card with uh his last name's Allen. I just went totally blank on who the other person in the card is, but uh, Rod Allen, Ron Allen, something like that. 860 bucks is what a 67 Rod Carew will cost you right now in a collector grade. Not too shabby. Next up, you've got the first guy that at number 11 that is a newer Hall of Famer. One of the kind of most recently inducted and that's Minnie Minoso recently elected I should say he's going to be inducted later this year Minnie Minoso 1952 and I think that plays a lot into it because it's a 52 tops but this card just a few years ago you could buy super cheap and his hall of fame election has significantly changed the trajectory of that card you're talking $1168 so almost 1200 bucks to buy a mini Minoso. Next up, the top 10, as we get into the top 10, you have two cards that are that are valued at the same price. Um, so I don't know where to put number 10 and where to put number nine. So I'll just talk about them together. 1954 tops Al Such a great card. Part of the triumvirate of wonderful rookie cards in the 1954 tops. You'll hear about the other two in a minute. But Al Kaline, $1,200 for a PSA 5 of his card. And then Bob Gibson, the 
awesome, famous, wonderful Pepto-Bismol card. His rookie, $1,200 as well. So you've got those two. Next up, 1968 tops, Nolan Ryan. Uh, that is number eight. And what can you say about the Nolan Ryan rookie card? It's fantastic. Uh, very similar to Bench, which is funny how significantly more expensive the Ryan is than the Bench. By the way, a, a Ryan in a collector grade will cost you $1,775. So why is Ryan so much more expensive than Bench? <clears throat> they both had great careers. Ryan was kind of beyond. He was mythical, really. Uh, so many strikeouts and just such a great career, such a long career. Amazing. Uh, but for it to be literally, you know, 4X <laughs> the cost of a bench is interesting to me. I, I just find it fascinating. So $1,775. His Mets teammate is number seven, Tom Seaver, 1967 as well. This has always been a card that has been sneaky expensive because it's a high number. And, it, you know, it's just one of those hard cards to get in a really, really high grade and or to in, really in a collector grade as well. $1,900, $1,895, almost $1,900. Is what it'll set you back to get a Tom Seaver rookie. But a great card. Absolutely love it. So glad I picked one up a few years ago before they really went nuts and before he passed away. Next up at number six is the car. Is it kind of one of those, wow, I would have never thought that that card would be that high on this list. Hoyt Wilhelm, 1952. High number card. For the 52 top set, it's going to be expensive no matter what. And then you throw in that it's a Hall of Fame rookie. And I think that just adds to the, the craziness around this card. $2,358 is what the Hoyt Wilhelm costs, which is crazy expensive. Um, almost out of sight. I mean, in your, even in lower grades, it's well over 1000 bucks. So lower than collector grade. So fours and threes and twos still cost a pretty penny to get a rookie card of a guy that most people just say, should this guy even be in the hall of fame? Uh, I'm not one of those. I think Hoyt had a great career and, and totally deserves to be in it, but there's so many uh, pitcher haters out there, I guess, especially relief pitcher haters uh, that they just don't think they deserve it. But Hoyt Wilhelm comes in at number six, number five, now you're going to go, okay, this makes some sense because now we're getting into some guys that you will just go, yep. 1955, <clears throat> Sandy Koufax is number five. $2,595, so 2600 bucks gets you a Koufax and a PSA 5. Um, that's a card that's just also seen tremendous uptick in the last couple of years. Koufax is still alive. He's a highest ranking person here that is still alive. And I think that plays into it to a large degree. Uh, just his greatness over time has been more and more appreciated. So uh, that's why that card is up there. Uh, next up, number four, the 1954 Ernie Banks, $3,200 for a PSA five of the Banks rookie in that 
totally makes sense to me. It's such a hard card to find centered, such a beautiful card, you know, white background, Ernie Banks portrait, just smiling. I mean, it's just a great, great card. Very difficult to find without snow. So many of the 54s are that way. So to get that in that grade, 3,200 bucks. Top three now, here we go. Um, 1955 Roberto Clemente comes in at number three. $5,199, so $5,200, give or take, is what a Clemente rookie will cost you. But such a great card, such an iconic card. Um, the 55 top set is just beautiful. His 56 card is, is great too, but his rookie card is so well sought after. And that card has exploded in the last few years. Again, is it Clemente's... Latin heritage that has become more popular. I, I don't know. Um, that's the funny thing about all of these guys is they haven't done anything in baseball in decades, really. And their cards just continue to, you know, inflate and go up. It's pretty incredible to watch and see this happening. 1954 tops. Hank Aaron comes in at number two, $6,000. We'll get you a collector grade of his rookie. And as my friend Eric also says, it's never a bad time to get a Hank Aaron rookie. And that's true uh, to be able to, this card is just exploded and Hank Aaron should be in everybody's top five of greatest players of all time, I would think. And it's not surprising that his rookie card is, is this high number two, but uh, deservedly so for sure. Great card. And the last card, number one, numero uno on the list of the, you know, highest cost rookie cards is the card I mentioned earlier, the Eddie Matthews, 1952 tops. Card number 407 in the set, the last card in the set. So difficult uh, to find, so difficult to find in high grade. Even collector grade is high grade for this card. Uh, I would own this card in any grade if I could find it that was reasonable. $15,000 is what that will cost you to get a collector grade of an Eddie Matthews. And I didn't know the price, you know, when I was, I knew it was the most expensive one, but I, I didn't really, I wasn't following the prices, keeping up with where that was in the pantheon of all vintage cards. And uh, this even surprised me. Not just how much it was, but how much more it is than everyone else. I mean, you could buy, you know, golly, you could buy. I mean, if it, if the whole thing costs fifty four grand and this is fifteen thousand, just by itself, just for that one card. I mean, if I started at the bottom and worked my way up, I could buy. Let me see. Let me do the math real quick. I could buy the bottom. 51 of the 60 cards for the same cost of an Eddie Matthews. That's just how much more expensive that card is than, than all these others. I mean, it's two and a half times more than the Hank Aaron in, in an equivalent grade. So it's such a big card. And I think it, that's just lost on a lot of people. If you, if you started looking that up, you would just be shocked. Probably similar that I was. There was one card I didn't have on this list, but I looked it up anyway because I was really curious. The sneaky card 
of the Pete Rose rookie, the sneaky expensiveness of the Pete Rose rookie has always intrigued me. I've never quite understood it, why it was so expensive. Of course, Pete Rose was a great player. Uh, without the gambling, he would have been uh, Hall of Fame, first ballot, no question. I mean, greats of all time, one of the greatest players of all time, quite frankly. And his rookie card, by the way, in a collector grade, PSA 6, goes for about $3,500 to $4,000. He would be number four on this list if he was in the Hall of Fame. So the fact that he's just so popular within the hobby, so many people love Pete Rose, and regardless of his transgressions in the past, he's just so beloved and so well thought of. And that's just a sneaky hard card and very, very expensive really in any grade, especially collector grade. But uh, that just surprised me when I saw where it would rank within all of these great rookie cards that Topps has produced in the vintage era. The Pete Rose is way, way up there. So that is it. Uh, I, I thought I'd throw this out there. thought it'd be a really cool just thing to look at for myself. I wanted to do the research and have some fun with it. Hope you enjoyed it. Let me know what your most surprising card was, maybe down below in the comments, just what you uh, thought of the episode. I really appreciate the feedback. And as always, thanks everybody for watching. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.